Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Slasher Supreme. I'm your host Christopher. Today's episode will be taking a look at the 2014 Godzilla and the recently released Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yes, it just came out Friday and I'm excited to talk about it. So, let's get into the reviews, shall we? Godzilla 2014 it was directed by Gareth Edwards. The film begins in 1999 when a power plant is unknowingly destroyed by a monster or a massive unidentified terrestrial organism, a muto. It went to this power plant as a place to cocoon and grow to maturity. You cut to present day and it's an adult finally and it's looking to repopulate the planet with its species after when it finds a mate. But Godzilla shows up to stop all that because that creature is a parasite and Godzilla is here to bring balance back to nature he is the protector and the one that brings balance anyways the first thing I want to talk about is the positive aspects of this film Brian Cranston is amazing in this film as Joe especially in the first act I wish he would have stayed in here longer sadly he is killed off though it's not really a spoiler, because a lot of people have talked about this film. The next really positive is Ken Watanabe as Dr. Shirazawa. He is another one of my favorite characters, and I wish he would have gotten more screen time in this. Sadly, though, he's kind of put to the background. Another positive I want to talk about is the size of the creatures. Uh, Gareth Edwards does a really good job with displaying size of these uh, the sizes of these monsters. He did that really well in... Rogue One when they compared, you know, the Star Destroyers to the Death Star, and in his first film, Monsters, which was compared to Godzilla, they did really well at showing the size and, you know, the size of these monsters, and they do really well in this film, always showing Godzilla from either low camera angles or from far off when he is on screen, and he looks massive. The fight that is there is really interesting, even though it is kind of cut short. And the way that they execute showing Godzilla that first time at the airport is really well done. You know, showing the feet and then kind of slowly moving up his body to then the giant, you know, his roar. I think is really well done. The negatives of this film. God. First killing Brian Cranston off. Having um, Dr. Shirazawa be kind of sidelined. Our main protagonist. I don't care about. Aaron Taylor was a good actor as Kickass. He is bland as shit in this film. And he acts stupid sometimes. He knows there's giant monsters coming for San Francisco while his wife and kid are there and he calls them and talks to them and says nothing about these giant monsters coming that way. He could have told them to get out of the city. He does not. He like just almost forgets about it. 
the fighting. There's no real, there's one fight that almost happens at the airport and they cut to the end of it. Should have had that in there. The fight at the very end, while I did say it was a positive because it was really well done, it does get cut away from quite a bit. So you really don't get that awesome, huge spectacle that is normally in a Godzilla film. It's kind of cut short. And it just, I like, I don't, this is probably my least favorite Godzilla movie. I know that's really bad to say. A lot of people seem to love Godzilla 2014 myself. I felt like it was a letdown. Uh, Gareth Edwards says that he wanted to um, kind of have the same impact as the very first Godzilla film and kind of have that whole the feeling of it and he does to an extent but at the same time that was a movie made by Japanese for Japanese audiences and had a serious tone that they were able to connect with in this film there's not really anything like that to connect to or an event that kind of made it you know seem important so he kind of fails in that regard I would have to say but not entirely it just what he was going for, I felt, just didn't work well. Because a lot of people mainly see Godzilla as a giant monster that fights other monsters. They don't see the, you know, symbol of nuclear annihilation and things like that. And, you know, it's an American movie. Not saying anything bad with it, but it's the Americanized Godzilla. People expect fighting and things like that. They don't want a you know, very political movie like the very first Godzilla. They want fun action. And, I mean, this movie was almost um, marketed as an action movie, I feel like. So that's why I feel like a lot of people hated this film. I mean, myself, you know, my um, problems with the movie. Another thing that I have to say is it is very boring. And that's another, that's an issue I do not want with a Godzilla movie, is it being boring. A lot of the times, when I've watched this movie, I think three times so far, and every single time I end up checking my phone, or my, just seeing a clock and checking it, just to see when it's almost over, because the characters are not well written, and that is the like, main, I guess, issue with this film, is how the characters are written, and how much you don't care. <laughs> I feel like I'm repeating myself but I mean I'm just having the same issues with it it's just the characters and then the lack of Godzilla himself in his own movie I think they I think honest trailers or screen junkies clocked it and I think it was 11 minutes or 15 minutes of screen time with Godzilla I mean that is pretty small in a movie named after the title character so for a first impressions movie as supposed to open up the monster verse, it was really bad. Luckily, it made enough money to then get into our next film we're going to talk about, which I have to say, they actually they listened to us. They really did. They upped everything, and I'm excited to talk about that. So let's get over to Godzilla, King of the Monsters, shall we? Godzilla King of the Monsters was directed by Michael Duggerty. I think that's how you say his last name. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. He directed Trick or Treat and Krampus. So if you have seen those movies, then you, of course you have seen some of his work. Anyways, since this film did just come out last Friday, I'm going to try to keep this as full or free as possible. So sorry when I'm talking about the plot if I try to keep it as bare bones as possible since I don't want to ruin anything. 
Anyways, the film picks up four years after the events of Godzilla 2014. The world knows about Titans. They know about Godzilla. They know about the Mutos. They want to know more because they're a threat, possibly. And all this is pretty much coming at, you know, everybody is pretty much coming at Monarch because Monarch has been keeping it a secret. And, you know, they're curious because there's a shit ton of Monarch outposts monitoring these, you know, Titans. Well, a by an eco-terrorist, sorry, an eco-terrorist group learns of some of these outposts and through help, you know, through them inside help and end up releasing these Titans because they believe that, well, actually from real accounts, since when Godzilla and the Mutos fought in San Francisco and when the Muto female ran through Las Vegas, after destroying those cities, plants began, uh, began to grow back and it's like earth and nature was pretty much reclaiming the land. So they believe that releasing these Mutos will bring the world back from the brink of annihilation because us humans suck and we pollute the planet and destroy the, you know, earth. So they believe Mutos will bring balance back. Same thing like with Thanos, you know, kill half the world to save the rest of it, or in his case, kill half the universe. So, kind of the same premise. You gotta destroy the world to save it. Anyways. So yeah, so that is pretty much the explanation. They try to release these Titans, and they release one of the worst ones to release, which is King Ghidorah, or Monster Zero as they call which is a cool callback to the original, well not the original King Ghidorah film, but one of the Godzilla films with King Ghidorah in it. So yes, they do call it Monster Zero for the longest time, and then they swap it to Ghidorah, so that's a cool reference. Anyways, <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about is the positives with this film. Uh, Ken Watanabe is back as Dr. Shirazawa. He is actually almost a main friend of this film, and I'm happy with that because I thought he was extremely interesting in the last film. So spending more time with him, I was happy with the references and easter eggs in this film are there's a ton of them i'm actually going to touch on a few because they are positives but that's going to be later on and there's a lot more than the uh, 2014 version so it was kind of fun since i'm a huge fan the next thing is they keep the scaling that they did with the gareth edwards one these monsters seem huge still there are certain scenes when the military is engaging these creatures and they are massive. Of course, one is in the trailer with Rodan pretty much just destroying jets and seeing the jets compared to his size. It is horrifying, you know. Another one of two of my favorite scenes in the film have the military engaging with Ghidorah and then one with Godzilla and Ghidorah. The first one is ground troops and they're just looking up and this thing is just ginormous. It is massive compared to them. The next one is the military is doing a rescue mission in a city, and Godzilla and Ghidorah are fighting each other. And while they're trying to do this mission, you see, you know, Godzilla's foot stop right next to him, or Ghidorah's tail fly past him, and they're all, you know, from their kind of ground point of view looking up, and they just, it is insane, or they're off in the distance, and they still seem titanic. It is wonderful, so I'm glad they kept the, you know, size right in this film. Yeah, the next thing is the visuals. They are beautiful. I forgot to mention with the 2014, that movie had wonderful visuals as well. Of course, you've seen from the trailer with Mothra. Pretty much anything with Mothra in it is um, it's just beautiful. Uh, she's always been kind of one of those colorful characters that you love seeing. So seeing her in this film and certain shots, it's just 
almost, almost breathtaking, I would say. Uh, of course, the one from the trailer when she is, you know, an adult foreign moth underneath a waterfall. Uh, the first time she's introduced to the humans, and she has this, this giant beam of light. Another one is, of course, in the trailers from Dr. Shirazawa when he approaches Godzilla in this kind of weird tomb with lava in the background, and you just see how tiny Shirazawa is to, you know, Godzilla's head, almost. Those are some beautiful shots. The next thing is the designs of all the creatures. You know, Godzilla's been updated. He has the original dorsal plates from the Godzilla from 1950, I think it's 54. Sorry, but from the original Godzilla film, those dorsal plates are a callback to that. Mothra, it, really looks like an insect this time around in the Toho film she kind of looks like a fluff ball with wings so it was interesting seeing her actually depicted as an insect Rodan is updated of course he is called I think like the lava demon or something like that in this film but you have seen from the trailers as well in this film it really adds to it he's just like on fire the whole time his wings have you know embers and things like that coming off and it, it's just awesome looking at that. And then Ghidorah, finally. Well, not finally, but Ghidorah, of course. He looks like Smog with all the three heads. It's, and he looks... It looks terrifying, really. One neat thing with Ghidorah is that all of his heads have separate personalities. And it seems like the middle head likes to pick on the left head. As throughout them fighting or things like that, the middle head will just jab at the left head. Because he's, like, annoyed with it. So it's funny seeing that in this film. Now why did I say, to take back my words on Finally Ghidorah? Well, there's actually other Mutos in this film. Well, not the Mutos from the last film, but there's other giant monsters because in the trailers and in this film, there are 17 and counting, and actually a couple get released when, through a means of events, Ghidorah becomes alpha and starts screaming and, you know, attracting all these monsters to do his bidding. So you do see some other creature designs and one of them almost I know it's hard to not try to think of it but one of them looks like Kumanga from the Godzilla series for those of you that don't know it's a giant spider I know giant spiders are always just kind of a generic monster but still it kind of looks like Kumanga so that was kind of a neat thing right there <clears throat> so and I'm gonna go to the negatives with this film before I go into like the little Easter egg references and stuff like that the negatives that I have to say are the main character we follow, I can't really remember their name. They have him, it's a husband and wife, and then their daughter. The husband and wife have this back and forth because their son died in San Francisco when Godzilla was fighting the Mutos. And it seems, it doesn't seem like it, but to me, their son dying is like a pivotal plot point in this whole film because that's why the mom works with the eco-terrorist. And the father, you know kind of it, it they just focus on that a lot and it's like come on i'm not trying to sound mean but like kind of get over it let's let's go over that because everything they seem to do they always call back to that and it's like i get it your son died but come on you know it's kind of like how do i explain it in batman versus superman when batman wouldn't let his mother and father's death go he always seems to bring it up as a, you know a means so it's kind of like that in this film also some of the lines they don't they you know some of the lines are kind of if it was really weird how they said things or not said things but how the line was delivered there is a joke in the film here's an example when they first changed from monster zero to 
Ghidorah, two of the people thought she said gonorrhea. So it was kind of like, eh, it wasn't really funny, but whatever. Um, so that kind of, uh, those kind of things really bog down the film. Since you don't really care about it, I just want them to focus on Dr. Shirazawa because he's the most interesting character in this whole film, but they want to focus on other shitty characters. So besides the human aspect kind of falling, the monster battles are fun, and there are quite a few of them, but I don't know, something seems to be missing from at least two of them, and they do seem to cut away here and there through, because I think there's four fights in all, Two of them seem like they're missing something, and two of them they kind of cut away from too early. If you know what I mean, it doesn't feel like the fight's fully finished. It just kind of ends. So, I wish I would have seen more of that, but the fights are good. It's just those few things kind of hold them back from being great. I'm trying to think of another flaw with the film, because uh, I'm trying not. I'm trying to be biased as much as possible, since I am a huge Godzilla fan, and I thought this uh, movie really uh, kind of brought, brought me back because I did not like Godzilla 2014, so now I wasn't on board with the MonsterVerse, and now I feel like I'm kind of more on board than I was, because Kong Skull Island also didn't really bring me aboard. It kind of did, but also kind of made me wary of the whole situation. So, the references I want to talk about, I'll probably find a negative on talking about the references, but the references I want to talk about is there's a weapon in this film that is uh, a huge, like a huge point in the Godzilla franchise so I was kind of neat seeing that there Godzilla's original themes from the original Godzilla movie play the original Mothra theme plays when she's in her adult form that was awesome hearing on a big screen same with the Godzilla one I think they play the original Rodan theme as well so that was fun here I think it might not have been but I'm positive it was so just hearing those three right there was amazing one of the monsters Origins is actually, I think, full, is intact in this film. And I was kind of curious about if they were going to do it. I'm not going to say which monster, but let's just say it opens up the possibility for the MonsterVerse to expand not only to Earth, but to the far reaches of somewhere else. So it's exciting knowing that that's a possibility if they decide to continue with the MonsterVerse. And then another reference I have to say is that they almost hit at the Shobijin, which, for those of you that know Godzilla, are the twin fairies of Mothra. So it's kind of just neat seeing those little things snuck in there. So it it lets me nerd out when I'm watching these films because I just love it so much. Well, and then the last thing I want to talk about, because I was going to end it there, the last thing I want to talk about is I know this film is not doing extremely well at the box office. A lot of critics are painting it, but I mean, they complained with because there's. Oh, sorry, let me get this straight. A lot of critics are complaining about this film having too much Godzilla in it and not enough human characters. But with Godzilla 2014, they complained that there was not enough Godzilla and too much human characters. So they like flopped it. I, th- I hope I just messed it up. But yeah. so they flopped it. So it's it's like they're not happy with either way. So I have to say personally. I think the film is good. I think you should see it in theaters because it's the same with Brightburn. I don't think it's going to have the same impact as you seeing at home. Because hearing, you know, Godzilla roar through, you know, movie theater speakers 
compared to your TV speakers at home, it's going to kind of dilute the effect a little bit. So I do think it's a good movie. On a scale of 1 to 10, actually I'm going to do this with Godzilla. So on Godzilla 2014, from a scale of 1 to 10, I'll give Godzilla 2014 a good 5. It is just middle of the road for me. Godzilla King of the Monsters, I say, is a good almost, I would say 7.5 to an 8. 8 if you see it in a theater, 7.5 if you see it at home. There's just that, like I said, there's that difference seeing it, you know, at home in a theater. There's the sound quality and just how amazing it looks seeing that stuff on a huge screen. But with that being said, that is my review for Godzilla King of the Monsters. Now let's go to the outro and wrap it up, and I'll just meet you there. Thank you for listening to another episode of Slasher Supreme. Please like, share, favorite, subscribe, thumbs up, or whatever you have to do to let me know you're out there listening. If there's a certain video game or movie you'd like me to review, please leave me a voice message here on Anchor, a message on the Facebook page, or a message on Instagram. If you do not follow me on Facebook or Instagram, just look up Slasher Supreme Podcast and you will find me. Today's movie's fun facts is that... Gorjira, the original name for Godzilla in Japan, is actually a mashing of two words. I'm not going to pronounce those words because I don't want to butcher them, but it's the words for gorilla and whale being smashed together to get Gojira. The next fun fact is that Godzilla was originally meant to be a mutated octopus. That was the you know first concept idea for the creature. And I have to say that would be interesting to see, but at the same time be kind of boring because it's just an octopus that's large. So, you know, it's awesome having a giant radioactive dinosaur that shoots atomic breath (laughs) rather than an octopus. Anyways, so for next week, I might have two episodes coming out because I am fast I'm Actually, this is the 19th episode, so next episode is my 20th, and I already stated that it's going to be Army of Darkness. So we're going to be hailing to the other king. And finally, hopefully, hopefully, I'm going to say, uh, me and Luke are supposed to be getting together again next weekend, and we'll be doing a video over The Witch. So, I know we said it a while back, but yes, finally we might be doing The Witch. And, actually, maybe three episodes, we might do Aliens and Alien 3. I don't know yet, but I'm just going to count on Army of Darkness. I know that for sure. So, anyways, I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening.